Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? It is finally Friday, CHGO Audible Day. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, how's it going, man? You enjoying kind of dipping our toes into an offseason? We're kind of there, but we're kind of not there because the playoffs are this weekend. The season's still going. We're just not in it. Yeah, and I, you know, that's all great. And, you know, for all the other teams, but I am in that offseason mode. And like you, probably looking at every draft prospect known to man with, with the Bears and all the picks they have. But yeah, it'll be nice to watch football, good football, um, you know, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, especially you traveling to every game, whether it be home or away. You haven't seen a lot of like live good football this year, I bet. Yeah, like after like the game is over, those like some teams will have like the TVs and you'll be catching some of the games. And I forgot exactly what week it was, but the Bears were literally the most boring game of that week. And every other game was nuts. I'm like, of course, you know, we got to watch this <laughs> one and everyone else is doing, you know, fantastic, crazy things. But it'll be nice to see the playoffs and, you know, how things are supposed to look, uh, you know, on, uh, in these playoffs on uh, this weekend. For sure. And I'm excited for today's episode. In some ways, it helps us kind of set the stage for the offseason. It's kind of like how we worked out our outline. It's close to like an unofficial state of the franchise episode. And we're looking at the whole team. We're not breaking it down like we used to over the years by like each side of the ball. But in a lot of ways, it mirrors kind of those conversations. So I look forward to discussing like which projected starters should the Bears find upgrades for? Which of the free agents should the Bears attempt to resign or just let them walk? And we're going to do a little bit of prospect talk, too. It's never too early to talk about some of these draft prospects. I know the Shrine Bowl's in a couple of weeks here, and it's a good time to start getting our homework in place for some of the players in that game. Before we get started, if you haven't yet, hit that like button. Let's get those thumbs up. Rolling early and often throughout the entire episode. And Nick, a question you asked me yesterday is what I want to begin the show with, though, which is after signing Kevin Warren to a contract to be the next president and CEO of this team, like what's next for the Bears this offseason? Like what should the Bears have on like next on their plate here? What do you want to see happen? I know a lot of people are probably hoping to find like a Dan's partner for that top overall pick, uh, but I want to know what's next for you uh, when you're looking forward to this offseason. 
I mean, there's just so many ways you can go with it. And that, that was definitely one of them, you know, that came to mind. It's like who the bears are going to find that trade partner with. And, you know, we have some questions from our discord that actually will kind of pertain to that. But for me, and I said this on new year's day for the pregame show for the bears lines, my new year's resolution is for the bears to find a number one wide receiver. That's what I want for Justin Fields. That's what I think he needs. So when I look at those little building blocks, those Lego building blocks that Ryan Poles brought to the press conference, the next one, and maybe it's not timeline, maybe the very next one, but what I want to see is the Bears find that guy. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the more I look into DeAndre Hopkins, and I get a little on the older side, it just makes sense for me if you want to see what Justin Fields is capable of, truly capable of in the passing game. So that's what I'm going to go with is going out and trying to secure a guy like that. And again, I think people have mixed reactions as to, you know, that move. But I think that does give Justin Fields the best opportunity to really show you what he can do as a passer. And I know that's the biggest question mark with him right now. But that's my next Lego building block. And I think, well, what we're going to have to do is actually get some Legos and just kind of stack these up as we kind of go show to show. I like it. I think that would be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, Hopkins, like you said, older, but sometimes that's not a bad thing if it's something that can be like a couple of years and then you have to develop maybe that next wide receiver one, mm-hmm. draft someone in the early to mid rounds and let them grow underneath Hopkins and then take over from there. If the Bears trade back with the Colts, Pittman is someone they can throw our way. I know he's He's someone I'm very torn on, uh, but one note I saw from last week, uh, the game I was at, is that he had the top speed uh, on one of the plays of 22 miles per hour, uh, which is the fastest ball carrier speed recorded all season by any player. So imagine having someone who can do that on the same field as Justin Fields, who, as we know, is consistently hitting those top marks every week of fastest ball carrier. So bringing a lot of speed at multiple positions. Uh, But yeah, wide receiver one, I think would be the next one. I'm going to go on official. I'm going to go like old school and tap into my inner Brandon here. And I'm just going to say patience. Uh, I don't want Mm. things to go too quickly because I want them to be smart and deliberate with these moves. There's no reason to find a trade partner right now. You have plenty of time to negotiate and barter pit teams against one another, increase, you know, the stock of that first overall pick and really get a haul. You don't have to settle for anything here in January, February. You can wait to the draft really you don't have to do it before the draft you can wait till draft night put the pressure on and really get something allow the draft season to get going because once draft season's here after the playoffs because of the combine that's when prospects start rising people's stock goes up and then in turn your number one overall picks that could increase too so i'm still in very much patient mode but like you i think everyone would breathe a little easier sleep a little better if they knew a wide receiver one was in the building and this offseason that has to be found i don't know the exact path but it has to be there so i i like that a lot yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how it all plays out because there's just so many moves too that the bears are going to make and you know we have to i have to have a timeline to keep track of everything that kind of happens and you know the course of the next couple weeks and, and months obviously so it's going to be a fun and definitely busy offseason for the Bears and all of us here at CHO. Absolutely. All right, let's actually talk about some of these contracts that the Bears need to figure out because there are a, well, I think there's what, 30 free agents actually 
uh, that are on this team. And we're not going to go uh, through all 30 on this show. That would have been an entire episode. And we wouldn't, we only would have had two minutes on every player really from start to finish <laughs> if we even wanted to do that. Uh, so Nick, you provided a list of notable free agents and let's talk about them and who should potentially get a new contract in Chicago. Uh, so here's I'll list them off and then we can go one by one and say, you know, stay or go or whatever we want to call it this year. But we have Byron Pringle, Riley Reef, Nicholas Morrow, Angelo Blackson, Nikhil Harry, DeAndre Houston, Carson, Patrick Scales, Michael Schofield, Dante Pettis, David Montgomery. I don't know why he's hiding in the middle, but that's a big one. Kari Blassengame, Sam Mustafer, and of course, Josh Blackwell. So there's a those are the notable ones. And again, there's that's what a third roughly of the entire agency class that polls has to figure out. Uh, but first and foremost, Nick Byron Pringle, obviously he didn't show a lot. Does he come back? I mean, well, like this is a guy, what that played in 11 games, 140 yards, two touchdowns. I can't even tell you the second touchdown. I, I think was it green Bay. I don't even know. I know the first one was against the jets to be completely honest, but yeah, he just wasn't the player that, I think Ryan Poles was even envisioning him to be for this offense. So I, I'm not, I'm not bringing back Byron Pringle. I don't think there's an absolute need to, even though the bears don't have a lot of wide receivers, not Byron Pringle. He doesn't raise the ceiling. He doesn't elevate the floor. There's not a lot of reason to mm-hmm. allocate. And I know the bears have a, you know, a boatload of cash to spend, but there's no reason, even if he comes back on another one year, $1 million deal, like you can find someone who has potentially more to give in the free agency class with a similar contract. If you're looking to fill in like the bottom of the wide receiver room. So I'm with you. I have next to him. Bye. And that's what I've been putting in my notes. You know, he can stay or just buy. Uh, next up is Riley reef swing tackle. Uh, someone that did have to step in in a pinch didn't play great, uh, but he did provide serviceable play at that. What would you do with Riley reef this offseason? Well, I think it was telling what Ryan Pohl said, right? In his end-of-the-year press conference, like, he name-dropped Riley Reef out of nowhere. It's like, I wasn't expecting to hear Reef's name at this end-of-the-year press conference, but he did, so... And he did play, you know, I don't know if he was, again, as a veteran, someone that what didn't have a starting job initially, but, you know, came in and had to, you know, play that position because nobody else was really stepping up to the table to do it. I would I would bring back Riley Reef, but again, it's more that that swing tackle. He's not the guy going in. You should have competition at the right tackle, but that is um you know someone that just stepped in and at least was somewhat serviceable. So I'm bringing back Riley Reef. Yeah, I, I'm there. He's someone that I would give. Hey, thanks for what you did last year. Got a contract. We're not going to break the bank for you though coming to camp mm-hmm. and earn that swing tackle spot again. Uh, and if he doesn't, if you find an upgrade somewhere else, whether it be the draft or free agency later, I think no one's going to complain about that, but yeah, that's where I'm at too. Uh, just someone that again, Eberflus mentioned all year and especially at the end about creating that foundation. You can't create a foundation and then send everybody off because then you don't have that foundation you built. So Reef would be to me like a floor player that you hope that way you don't drop down to the basement and then you can build on top of from there. All right, Nicholas Moros, look at a defensive player that almost sounds like your name. And every time I hear it on the podcast, I'm like, do they mean Nick? Oh, no, they meant the Bears player, Moro. He played all year, multiple positions for this defense, racked up the tackles, 
but also wasn't playing at a real high level. I personally, with Mora, would bring him back on another cheap deal, another one-year, not to prove it deal, but like a one-year, hey, you can be in contention to work your way up to a starting job, but in the back of your head, you know you want to replace him, and you just kind of want him to be that backup. Because if he's your backup, the Spirits defense is in a good spot. Uh, but if he's your starting Will backer next year, Mike backer next year, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of the same problems. I know a lot of people have some strong feelings about Morrow. I understand it. Uh, but for a backup, I think he would provide what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, definitely will. And 116 total tackles, a, a career high for him, and which is obviously good because he had more opportunities this season. And this was a year coming off of a, a year where he had missed due to injuries. So he did have some production, but he wasn't like an impact player, right? He He's more so getting that production because someone has to, right? And when Jack Sanborn went down, it's like, yeah, Morrow, of course, he's going to get a lot of the tackles here. But if it all depends on what the Bears are really thinking or what they have in mind for that, that will linebacker position as well, they can definitely upgrade it. You for sure do that. For me, like you, I think he is more so a serviceable, like a, a backup type of guy. But for him, I would think he wants to go get another opportunity somewhere else to start. So mm-hmm. ultimately he's not coming back on my list, but I could see that I could see like your argument there where he could be for that backup spot to uh, an option for the bears. Yeah. And again, like I'm going through this as like, I'm Ryan Pulse. Who would I extend offers to? And they can do with it uh, as they deem fit. And Hey, if he wants to go somewhere else, it probably makes that decision easier. And then the bears have yeah. to attack that position more aggressively, which is not a bad thing because we talked about it all year. That whole entire front seven needs an overhaul. Speaking of which, Angelo Blackson, someone that I know you've had you know, some feelings for over the years and really thought he'd step into a bigger role this year. I was right there with you from what we saw at the end of uh, a season ago, but I'm at a adios for Angelo Blackson. Uh, I think it's time. Yeah, I'm right there. I'll be right there next to you, Will, saying adios as well as Angelo Blackson kind of goes on to whatever's next for him. But yeah, there were he showed some flashes last season. And then for whatever reason, most like with the whole entire front seven didn't really uh, become productive. So adios to Angelo Blackson. Yeah, he didn't really transition to the new defense as seamlessly as I thought he would, uh, which is a very big disappointment here. But regardless, it's time to move on and rebuild. What about Nikhil Harry? Uh, Someone that you traded for, he brought in a draft pick. The numbers don't jump off at you, but is he someone that you extend a lower offer to that maybe you come back to training camp? I don't really expect a huge market for Harry in the offseason in terms of like other teams in a bidding war. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, with Claypool still under contract, and I don't know, it's a very difficult one. It is, Will, and so we, we said goodbye to Byron Pringle. All right, so the wide receiver room just got a little smaller. And for Nikhil Harry, like it's weird they still didn't get as many opportunities late in the season. And I know Josh Sharrock from NBC Sports Chicago asked him, do you expect to be back? And he did say yes with the Bears. And so I do think that the Bears will offer him you know, a, you know, a one-year contract again to come back. And, you know, you can't replace every single wide receiver in that room. So I will, I'll give him an offer as well to say, come back. We'll see if we can build off what we did. He had the injury too. So kind of hindered, you know, the start of his Bears career. So yeah, I'll, I'll get him, I'll get him back for another year. Uh, 
Kite Live in the chat mentioned that Kevin White is a free agent, so it's time to bring him home. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) But with you and Harry, I would extend him like wide receiver four or five money. And if he takes it and wants to come back to camp, great. Uh, But at the same time, again, you're trying to find that one. You already have a two. uh, And, of course, Mooney. And then you have Claypool under contract. Yeah, Equinemius already signed and, a contract. Exactly. Yep. Another one with EQ. So how that all, and then you have Valus coming back on that rookie contract, mm-hmm. and he's been yep. playing better. So it does get difficult. Uh, but I don't think the Bears would miss him if he's gone all too much. But if you're trying to keep that floor stable, I can see them at least extending an offer. What about DeAndre Houston Carson? Obviously, he's been a longtime Bear, if not the longest tenured Bear currently, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. Uh, and he's been a core special teamer and someone that's always kind of came in in a pinch on defense. Uh, but with the rise of some of these younger core special teamers and some in the secondary, is this the offseason where you say goodbye to DHC as much as I, I really respect him both as a player and a person? Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, Will. And I, I hope it's not. Uh, even though like he's obviously, like you mentioned, the longest tenure bear, I think with Cody Whitehair would be the two guys still on this team. But I think there is still value of what he brings to a defense, and he knows he's in that backup role. But he is a, like you said, a core special teamer. You can you can stay on a team that way. We've seen it with Sheriff McManus, and then when he had to fill in, had to uh, on defense at times. So I would bring back DHC. Yep, I'm with you. So's Brandon. So's Ellis. We got two back to back. Bring back DHCs. He's a in a way, like a sneaky, not a fan favorite, but ones yeah. that fans are like, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we like that guy. And you got to keep players around. And he is, again, like a consummate professional. And he does provide a lot of leadership in addition to what you're just mentioning there, Nick. So, yeah, DHC, you had to just give him special team backup money. I, we've seen these contracts for him, like one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. Like, it's not a big deal for us. So why not bring him back? Uh, same thing with Patrick Scales. I don't think you need a you know fix what ain't broke, right? Unless someone has a long snapper in mind that they absolutely need to have on the Bears. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm same same with you, Will. I, I would bring up back Patrick Scales, and yeah, what if it's not broke, don't fix it. What about Dante Pettis? This is our third wide receiver now on this list. I say wide receiver five money. He wants to come back to camp, see how it all shakes out. Great if he wants to go find somewhere else to go to maybe carve another role because again he had his numbers i think i mentioned this on after dark but the numbers he posted this year were his best since his rookie year uh in san francisco coming uh, out of the second round uh so for him to kind of have that bounce back and prove he still has uh, a little bit to, to play with then i'm i'm good with them trying to bring him back on a really cheap deal understanding though that if it all kind of shakes out he's wide receiver five at best like that would be the ideal situation uh, with him. But what about you? So Jimmy, Tony has an interesting comment here. I mean, Pettis didn't muff punts at least, and he didn't, but he was just so up and down, you Mm -hmm. know, as a receiver, there was just some, there were, I just, you can go back and watch the bears and their third down opportunities that he had in multiple games. And he just didn't come down with the catch. And that, that bothers me because it, it should bother like Justin Fields as well. I mean, he wanted to give his guy an opportunity and he just didn't capitalize it. For me, uh, I don't think they bring him back. Uh, if I'm Ryan Poles, maybe you do like send him a, like again, that fourth, fifth guy type of offer. But ultimately, I don't think he comes back. 
Yep, that's exactly it. And here's the big one, though. And again, some well, for some reason, smushed in the middle of this list. David Montgomery. I think we would both say bring him back if the money's right. If I'm mm-hmm. just going to guess what you're thinking here. But just based off of his actions on social and, you know, taking the photos on the field after the game and, you know, going up to the to Justin in the locker room and giving a big old hug, I feel like he knows. And even polls kind of like how he was talking mm-hmm. about him earlier this week. It all just smells like Montgomery isn't coming back. Although, again, if the money's right, I wouldn't complain. It just doesn't feel like that's the plan. Yeah, no, I it's it's weird. So okay, that hug that happened between Fields and Montgomery, it was very playful too. Like he mm-hmm. came up out of nowhere in that scrum. He's like, bye, Justin. Like David in the locker room is very like I don't know, animated at times. Sometimes he doesn't want to talk to reporters, sometimes he does. But it did feel like, especially after the game, kind of reminiscing. I think he's the words he said. But it's it's money money talks like that's a, it's a, as a running back you should want to go get the most money anywhere you can get because your career is not going to be as long as some other positions. For me though, I I've just over the couple of days I'm more open to the idea of him coming back, uh, and you know they find a good balance between this is what we value at it's not going to you know be too much over the cap or, or whatever it may be, but I think David Montgomery will be back on the bears and it will work out in terms of the contract and, you know, just the player itself. And look, Ryan Poles learned like what it was like with Roquan Smith. Like you, you just gotta, you just gotta take it for what it is. And if a player wants to go, they have to go, but I think they work it out. And David Montgomery's back. I hope you're right. My gut says otherwise as of today, but I still really, really hope that you are right. All right, sticking in the backfield, Kahari blasting game. Obviously, he played like, what, seven, eight, ten snaps a game at most, but did he show you enough in that role? I know earlier in the season, you were all in the numbers and how he was impacting mm-hmm. that run offense. I don't think it had the same impact down the stretch as the offense kind of evolved, but what would you do with Kahari? I think when he was in the game, it was he was effective, but – you know, I spoke to him on, after that last game. And he says he just kind of wants opportunities. And, you know, I thought there would be a little bit more chances for him. Even like a pass. Like, I don't know if Kahari blasts a game, caught one. But no. So, like, maybe for him, he's like, all right, this is, this is great. He did mention that this locker room, though, is the best he's ever been a part of. So, if you're Ryan Poles and, you know, Luke Getzey, how, how often are you going to use the fullback? We kind of saw a glimpse of it this season. I don't think blasting game does come back. Um, I think they do offer him, but I think he wants to go test out where, where he can be more, more valuable, have more opportunities. Yep. I'm right there with you. Here we go. Sam Mustafer. Do we just say adios? Do we say come back as the backup and that's it? You're not a starter. We're going to find a starter, but you are a backup. What would you do with Sam Mustafer? Okay, and I kind of want to take a sec here because I want to see the chats kind of roll oh, up the comments here. Oh, you know what's going to happen. You know what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, with Sam Mustafer. What should happen here? But, okay, we have – okay, bye-bye. I'm, I'm bringing back Sam Mustafer. But this is strictly as a backup opportunity. You're not going in with him in mind as a starter anywhere in the offensive line. But as a backup, I think the guys on the offensive line respect him. 
He does definitely. And I don't know. I don't know how long you have to take to work on like being able to handle a bull rush or like identifying things, but it just seems like, you know, that hasn't gotten better for Sam Musper, but I, I will bring him back despite, um, you know, what the comments are kind of saying right now. It, it's, I think it's like 60, 40 or 60% okay. like get the hell out of here. 40% are like, I, I can understand the depth. I wish Doug Kramer didn't get injured so soon because then they would have a better understanding of where he's at. And if you knew he can be that backup, then you would feel better about letting Mustafer just go. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm, I, I lean your way, although I don't think I have an official decision, I, but I lean where you're at, where you bring back Mustafer as a backup, knowing you're going to either draft or sign a starting center, not Lucas Patrick, and then from there, like a real starting center. And then from there, you keep that floor high, ceiling goes up. And I think it's a win-win situation. And if an injury happens, then you know at least it's not going to be like someone off the street stepping in. It's Sam Mustafer, which you know his flaws. You can scheme around it. Mm-hmm. Just stay away from those bull rush scenarios. All right, last one. Josh Blackwell. I think this is a absolutely for both of us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He showed a lot in his limited opportunities too. Well, I think that's telling. So Josh Blackwell, get back on this roster. And then we have a super chat from the Duke. No more Sam. He had to pay $5 to let us know uh, that no Appreciate more you, Sam the backup. He somehow finds his way back into the field. <laughs> Enter Michael Scott. No <laughs> gift. Thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. And you're right though. It's like, he wasn't supposed to be out there as much as he was this year. You're absolutely right. And that would be a terrible situation if he has to start as much as we saw this season. So I, I, I'm there too. I am. But as of right now, it's I'm, I'm trying to keep that floor to a higher level. And there's the GIF. <laughs> or GIF. Thanks, however Lawrence. you pronounce it today. GIF, Appreciate GIF. it, Lawrence. Uh, well, he's okay. I don't want to say, say it's like in a bad way, but he's like a cockroach. Sam Mustafer. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you can't kill him. He's going to come back and he's going to make his way out to the field somehow. And no, that's not the best option for the Bears, but at least I don't. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. He's like a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to, to end this segment. And we'll look at what the current starters look like and we'll quickly go through them and say okay these are the positions that must be upgraded so even though we may have had a player coming back does that mean that we expect them to be a starter and these are two separate but very important conversations to have here on uh, today's episode before we get to that uh, i want to let you know about DraftKings because obviously the nfl playoff picture is locked in and you know that my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 250 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day on wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Of course, I love the DraftKings app. Super seamless. Love those same game parlays and the ability to tinker them to exactly the lines that I want. So download the down, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 250 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm going to take Gary's advice here in the chat. Do not bet on bulls tonight. Uh, Gary, I'm going to end up doing that on DraftKings, but 
maybe I'll, I'll temper my expectations, but I have to tell everybody now about ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives of lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy to start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700 for more information. Email business. Uh, Lawrence was going to come in. He's supposed to say e. e. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> there we I'm, go. I got other things going on in other windows here. So pardon me. <laughs> Sorry, I should have queued you up for that, Lawrence. Uh, but business ee at comed.com or public sector ee. e. e. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. At comed.com. All right. This is the Shield Bears podcast. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, kind of doing some franchise stage setting for the offseason here for the Bears. We looked at some of the notable free agents. I saw in the comment from Gary, what about Sterling Weatherford? He's yeah. under contract. Uh, so you don't have to worry. He's not going anywhere, at least in terms of his contract. He's under contract for another two years, I believe. Uh, which for an undrafted free agent is a little unique, but uh, he signed a three-year deal with the Colts, and then apparently that transfers over. At least, at least what I can tell here on. I think that's Spot right. Track. Well, yeah. Uh, Matt Adams or Joe Thomas do anything for? I don't know why I didn't put them in the linebacking core. I just figured, oh, they all gone. I had Morrow in there, but <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk about them in a minute because we have these true. starters to talk about, so we can definitely use that as a great segue. But let's go ahead. We'll start with offense, and then we'll go defense. So as of right now, if the roster completely copied and pasted into next season, here would be the projected starting lineup on offense. Of course, Justin Fields at quarterback, Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert at RB. At wide receiver are the top three would be Mooney, Claypool, and uh, St. Brown, tight end Cole Komet. And then your offensive line from left to right would be Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, a healthy Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, mm -hmm. and... Riley Reef. So that would be the 2023 starters as of today. If you just again copied and pasted the roster into say September of 2023. So as of right there, Nick, what would be like the first position that you say like it has to be upgraded? Do you expect Montgomery to come back? See, I don't. So running mm -hmm. back to me like, does become a need because I think Herbert can be your 1A or 1B but I still would like to have someone that I know you can kind of use in spell situations like we do Herbert now. Uh, I like having that two-headed monster in the backfield, something I do uh, find useful, um, but that's where I'm at and like if I'm just going down the list. Yeah, no, so uh, obviously our, change, um, our list will differ because I do have Montgomery coming back like you were just mentioning, but I, I talked about it, like wide receiver one. Like I would want somebody to push down that entire three guys right there so you would – Let's say it's DeAndre Hopkins, then Darnell mm -hmm. Mooney, then Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown, obviously still in the roster, but now he's not your top three. He's your four where he probably should have been. 
but wasn't playing that this season for the Bears because he absolutely needed somebody. Another position, though, you you look at Cody Whitehair and mm-hmm. what you know, just again, what the longest tenured Bears here back in 2016 with DeAndre Houston Carson. But you're looking at that position too, Will, as someone where if you're Ryan Poles, can you find someone that is better at that position than Cody Whitehair has been playing? And if if so, younger, obviously you're going to take both those into consideration. But honestly, you could look at both the tackle positions if you really wanted to. I know Braxton Jones, um, Ryan Poles even talked to him in his end-of-the-year press conference, played every single snap that he could, did some really good things on the field. That Detroit game really showed you what he needs to work on, getting into the weight room, but left tackle. Riley Reef, we just talked about it. We bring if they bring the Bears bring him back, he shouldn't be penciled in as a starter like he was on that list. So you're you're looking at a bunch of positions of, of need and really that need upgrading to go into 2023. Yep. I'm right there with you in terms of receiver. I have Mooney coming back, but as a two, Claypool coming back as a three, same Brown as a four or a five. Uh that's where I'm at there. Cole Komet, black. Braxton Jones, it's interesting because of the, like he did get all that experience. We're talking him up, but like he did give up like double the amount of pressures of anyone else. He gave up 40 pressures this year. Mustafer was second on the team, and we all like to throw him under the bus, but he only gave up 19. Like Braxton Jones, I get it. He's a rookie. We hope he develops. It would be a really big offseason for him, but the Bears do have a chance to get like a staple, like a franchise left tackle to protect Justin. You really can't sneeze at it, and you will have to heavily consider it. Uh, Cody White here, uh, like you, I don't expect to be back or should be upgraded upon. Uh, we saw a dip in his play over the last couple of years, and really injuries, too, are starting to pile up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that needs to be taken into consideration. The Lucas Patrick experiment, I'm over already. Like, no, thank you. Moving on. Need a new center. And then right tackle, too. So I think my only locks or like play, players I would just roll back with would be Justin, Herbert, Mooney, Claypool, Komet, somewhat Jones, and then Tevin Jenkins. That's kind of where yeah, I'm that's, at. That's, I mean, those are probably the guys. And let's say you do upgrade the left tackle position. Could you potentially move Braxton Jones to the right side? I don't know. Uh, we, obviously, we haven't really we haven't seen that with the Bears. But, again, that's that shows you how much work that, that it might not get done this offseason because there's just so many things that need to get upgraded for, for every position when you look at it outside of quarterback which I know there's been some talk about that. No, not happening. <laughs> not today. But, not today. Not today. But, yeah, there's a lot of work, and that's just the offensive side. We also have a list of defensive players that we need to look at too. Yeah, so I might like for offense, like four and a half new starters, give mm-hmm. or take, um, probably more like five. And then on defense here, and oh, boy, here's the projected starting defense <laughs> that we've carried it over to next season. So left defensive end. Travis Gibson, left defensive tackle, Mike Pennell Jr., right defensive tackle, Dustin Jones, right defensive end, Dominique Robinson, the Will linebackers, Nicholas Morrow, the Mac, the Mac, geez, the middle linebacker, the Mike will be Jack Sanborn. Sam mm-hmm. is Joe Thomas. Then your left corner is Jalen Johnson, strong safety, Traquan Brisker, free safety, Eddie Jackson, and the right cornerback, Kyler Gordon. Can we at least start this off by saying the secondary's good? Like, we can roll with that secondary. Well, that was my exact thought. Like, you read those last four off of like, okay, that's fine. I'm good with that. I'm good with how that secondary just kind of ended there. And then you kind of work your way back up. <laughs> you work your way back up that list, Will. 
Um, look, we talked about Travis. We'll just start at the very top at left defensive end with Travis Gibson. Um, from what he showed this season, he does not deserve to be penciled in as a starter. He needs to still develop. He still needs to work back being into a 4-3 defensive end. The production wasn't there. So you definitely need to find a guy that you can upgrade at that position. Mike Pennell, like, I mean, he was a fun guy to watch in training camp. Mm-hmm. No way did I think he would be someone that you had to actually rely on because guys like Angelo Blackson and, you know, other players just didn't didn't show enough. So, yeah, you got to find upgrade at that. So that's two for me. Justin Jones is interesting because they're also experimenting with him at end. And now he's, you know, three, you know, three tech here, but you can also find an upgrade over Justin Jones if you really yes, need to, but I, I'm going to, I guess I'll leave him. And I don't know. Well, do you want Dominic Robinson to out replace you? You need to have a starter there as well for you. Does that differ at all from the defensive lineman? So the defensive line, it's pretty much, you just need to start shoving those ends down. Travis Gibson and next year Dom Rob need to be off the bench guys. They need to be part of the rotation. They are not the first guys on the field. I think I can live with that next season if they are, say, Gibson's the third defensive end and Dom Rob's the fourth like on the depth chart. Like, all right, cool. But you do need, in my opinion, to find two starting defensive ends. And we don't even have him listed because he's not a starter, but Al Quidin Mohammed is not it. He shouldn't if he's a five, great, but I talked mm-hmm. about his ca- contract and cap situation. He's someone I would be fine moving on from after this season. That's how disappointed I was in his play. Uh, Justin Jones. And I know like the front differ because you can have them be the three tech on one snap, move them out to the edge on another, have them lined up in the a gap on the following. Like it's kind of interchangeable, kind of versatile depending on the play. Uh, but I think he can be a starter next season. Uh, but in terms of like, you want to find that dominating three tech, great, go do it. And then he can move mm-hmm. over and, and be more of that nose tackle in this defense. But again, that can all change on any given play. Your three tech could be lined up in the a gap. You can be lined up on the edge. They can all move around, but a true dominating three tech is still a huge priority for this defense. Even if, and I expect when Justin Jones comes back next season. So I'm right there with you. Like Justin Jones is the guy you can feel good about coming back and having out there in, I say, starter snaps uh, with some better talent around him. Uh, but actually upgrading over him is also true. So it's one of those situations where like, both things are true. No, absolutely, Will. And for people who are watching on YouTube right now, go go tune into this poll question that you know our awesome producer Lawrence put up. It's Friday 13th. What scares you the most about this Bears offseason? We got the NFL draft, free agency, future stadium plans i kind of have a feeling where that's going to end up going but going you know from the defensive line now to those linebackers well i mean nicholas morrow jack sanborn joe thomas and i think this is an interesting question from from joshua davidson or not even a question it's a statement sanborn is the only one in the front seven who should start out of all the, you know obviously the defensive lineman as well like you can make an argument for that i mean obviously justin jones is under contract he is still pencil at the start, but what you just talked about, you got to find you, you want a dominant three tech. Mm-hmm. Justin Jones is not that. And Jack Sanborn, he showed what he's a good football player. I don't care yes, that he, he was an undrafted free agent, whatever that Jack Sanborn can play. So yeah, out of those guys, like you're look, we're, we talked about, it. we're looking to upgrade possibly Nicholas Morrow. You need to find um, 
Joe, you know, a strong and actually Joe Thomas maybe could be considered to come back. I know we didn't talk about him, but you're also going to be a nickel. So that should have also been something maybe put in mm. this in this, um, you know, list here as a nickel cornerback. But we also like Josh Blackwell. Right. Yes. So maybe he's the guy that gets those reps there. But not a lot of guys that you're like, hey, he needs to be back on the Bears defense. Nope. I'm right there with you in terms of like finishing the front seven. Sanborn showed plenty enough for me. He can come back. He could be the Mike. Uh, but it goes in, in terms of like order of importance on defense. You got to find a three tech and you have to find a will linebacker. You have to find that off ball linebacker that can go sideline to sideline and make these tackles. The fact that Jack Sanborn was collecting all of these tackles from, you know, the on ball guy, the middle linebacker, and not even like the free ranging one, I think is a testament to, you know, a just like he's a football dude. He just knows how to sniff it out and he can close so much quicker than you would expect us by looking at his tangibles. Like his game speed is more than just like the speed that he tested during the draft process. That's a given, but no, I would replace Moro. I would replace Joe Thomas, uh, you know, Matthew Adams. If you sign Thomas or Adams to like a backup, you can be maybe a backup Mike, but then you can go and Sam as a pinch. Cool. But you mm-hmm. need to find someone that can be, a, I think, a more impactful guy. And I think the Sam backer down the stretch played more than I would have thought they would coming into this season, too. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There, we didn't see this the Sam backer like in the beginning. A lot of nickel, a lot of nickel was going mm-hmm. on for for um, the Bears and Kyler Gordon was outside, inside, so interchangeable there. Uh, Los for amigos draft Jack Campbell from Iowa. Double Jacks, whoo. Dude is a monster. Ooh. Double Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it too. But yeah, he's on like my you, list. Yeah, Jack Campbell. I mean, he can play. He again, a football player. Like I, I would characterize him and Sanborn kind of that way. There you go. Sanborn has a nose for the ball, makes up for the lack of top end speed. He does. And I know that's gonna be always his biggest drawback, right? He doesn't have like the physical makeup that some of these other like a Jack Campbell for for instance, but can play football. You can do that. You can find a spot on this team. All right. So if we put both these together, roughly 10, 11 new starters. So pretty, this has to be one <laughs> half of the one half of a starting team here. But depending on if Montgomery comes back or running back one, a one B a wide receiver, one, a left guard, a center, potentially a left tackle, definitely a right tackle, a three tech, two defensive ends, a will linebacker and a Sam linebacker. What would be your top three? Would it go wide receiver, one, three tech, will linebacker? Mm, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna put instead of will linebacker, it would go in my list wide mm-hmm. receiver, one, edge, okay. and then the three tech. Yeah, so that's how that's, I'm. I would kind of look at this. Man, it makes it difficult because they can. I think you can. That could be an episode. Like argue, like was order these needs because you can make an argument <laughs> that that will linebacker needs to be higher on but also at the same time without that defensive line as we learned the play from the linebackers will suffer it's that trickle back effect uh, on defense man and then of course we're still talking about we need three new starters on the offensive line and then to even make the cut that's where we're at it's a lot it's a lot to do you guys and i'm so curious in what ryan pole is going to he's got a lot of money got a lot of draft picks gonna get more draft picks you know, if it does end up trading the number one overall pick, but it's a lot to do. I'm really curious to see how we can handle everything. 
Oh, I can't wait to get through this entire offseason so we can just debate, you know, which way the Bears need to go or what are those most important mm-hmm. positions. But the good news is just give it a few months and hopefully we can start checking off these boxes and feeling good about the checks and not just making the check because they signed someone. We actually like the person mm-hmm. and believe yep. they're going to make this team better. All right. We're going to talk about this Shrine Bowl coming up here in a few moments. And I know, Nick, you have a prospect. Man, I was combing through the roster. I guess I have a prospect. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But first, I want to share this message from our partners over at Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you thought you never could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? I can tell you from firsthand experience it's possible the game time app because when I was at that Colts game over the weekend, I sat was 11th row, 40 yard line, and it was like $45 a ticket. By far the best deal that I found, best seat I've ever had for an NFL game. And I think everyone knows I had a lot of fun attending a game in those seats. Uh, and of course, you can find the last biggest uh, minute price drops over on those seats you thought you could ever buy. You're not going to find a better deal. On what are we looking at? Bulls games right now for the rest of this season. Of course, the Hawks are still in full swing. Whatever you want to go to the UC to watch. If you want to watch the ball, you want to watch the puck, you're not going to find a better deal than you will on game time. Created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love seats, Joe, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description, both here on YouTube, and we have that link in your podcast player of choice too. So join over the 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all of your favorite events. Perfect. Well, I have to tell everybody now. So you go to game time, get that, download it. Then what you can do while you're still on your phone Check out Shady Rays, which are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles care to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose, you break your shades on day one, they told us that they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So if you drop them at a Bulls game that you go get tickets from game time or Blackhawks game, whatever it may be, they got you. And even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that can tell you seems like any high quality glasses that I've ever owned in the past. So, and Shady Ray's customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews exclusively for our listeners. Shady Ray's is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at shadyrays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all the newest and best shades. Good stuff there, Nick. Let's talk about this Trine Bowl coming up. And, of course, we have a few weeks until the game, and we can take this spot every week to maybe highlight another prospect if one kind of jumps out as we continue just preparing for the drafts. A lot of work between now and scouting combine, and I'm very excited to just dive in know head first and just get into all of the weeds and honestly it's the most fun i've had in a couple of months after how the season kind of ended there for the bears but nick you shared a prospect and by and large i I think that's the biggest name in this bowl game correct me if i'm wrong but i combed through it cross-referenced like my short list at all these positions and it was not as many as i was hoping but i have a couple i'll share one today but i'll let you kind of share your big prospect that you're paying attention to in this game and why yeah, so it's, 
the the prospect is Zay Flowers from Boston College, wide receiver. Not only is he a good football player, but it's also a obviously we were just talking about earlier in the show a position of need for the Chicago Bears, just adding more playmakers for Justin Fields. But this is a guy that has led the Boston Eagles in receiving yards for the past three seasons, and what immediately stands out is his speed, his burst off the line of scrimmage at the snap, his ability to create separation on over routes and post routes in the middle of the field. And what he also shows too is the ability to make defenders miss when he does get the ball in his hands. You saw a lot of times Boston college would just draw up a drag route, a, a simple screen and see what Zay flowers could do. So all you have to do, like if you, you want to go check out his highlights, definitely do that. Zay flowers, Boston college. You can look it up uh, on Twitter, YouTube, whatever it may be, but this guy's a playmaker, and he was pretty versatile in how they use them outside in the slot, got some jet sweeps. The biggest thing that's going to, I think, for you know, NFL teams when they're looking at flowers is probably his size. He's listed at five foot ten, 172 pounds. But that is nearly identical to Darnell Mooney, you guys. When you look at Darnell, he's listed at five foot eleven, also 172 pounds. So if you're having question marks about, well, how can Zay Flowers translate from you know, college football to the NFL, you can almost look at what Darnell Mooney is doing and what he was doing prior to that injury. So I think if anyone's going to have a good assessment of that, it is going to be Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears. And again, you just, what he also said was kind of telling, if the Bears don't go get a number one wide receiver. Ryan Poles is also like, we do like to have a group of guys they can spread the ball around to. So Maybe Zay Flowers can enter into the mix, but that's definitely, if you're going to watch the East-West Shrine Bowl game, watch Zay Flowers, Boston College wide receiver, and see what he's capable of doing, raising that draft stock, and maybe getting the attention of the Bears. Yeah, no, I think that's a great prospect to highlight here. As you mentioned, position of need kind of fits the bill, and he gets a chance to kind of put his game on display now and raise that stock heading into the combine. So it's a good opportunity for him, and I'm excited to see if he seizes that and I don't know if you know Gary's peeking at my notes um, but he kept throwing in Cam Jones Cam Jones Cam Jones and he's right obviously he knows Gary does that I went to IU I'm wearing my IU hat wearing my IU hoodie and Cam Jones is a linebacker from Indiana uh, that's playing in this game and really what makes him interesting is he has a lot of experience he's played here for you know all four years uh, including uh, sorry five years because uh, he had back-to-back uh, senior years after that uh, the extra eligibility year from COVID. Uh, but last season, so 2021, he had 60 total tackles in 10 games. Cool, whoop de doo right? Well, this year, he had 54 total tackles, but he's only able to play in five games before he suffered a season-ending injury, and now he's healthy and gets to go play in this Triumph Bowl and show people like, hey, no, I, I still got it. He was racking up like double-digit tackles week in and week out in the early portion of this year, including some big games uh, that IU had to play early on. So he's a player that, you know, linebacker, as we know, is a position in need. Is he that will guy? I don't know that yet, uh, but if you're looking to maybe draft a young player to step into like that Sam backer role, I think Cam Jones is a player to keep an eye on now. Right now his draft stock isn't really all too high, but this is why he's in the Shrine game. Have an opportunity to show that he's that player that was there before the injury, that was racking up all those tackles, making these tackles for loss, getting after the quarterback, and and bunches in the Big Ten. So that's a player that I'm looking right now. There's a couple others that I'll highlight as we kind of get closer to the game. 
maybe throw out some pronunciation guides too, uh, because <laughs> they're both like, huh? Uh, like, how do, how am I going to say this? So I will definitely do some more research on pronunciation, but I have some good notes for those guys too. Perfect. Well, yeah. And I like, I like that too. Like I had no idea who, who Cam Jones was and now have obviously a better, better insight from you and, you know, Gary, who's already on top of, uh, you know, his East West Shrine Bowl players. But I think that can be a little thing we do here on these Friday shows, just highlighting players, whether it's East West Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl, which is also the same week. So there's going to be a bunch of draft eligible players that the Bears are going to be looking into. They're going to have some coaching staff or scouts at these these events, these all-star games, if you will, and to check out some players that can help out their roster. I literally have, when it gets to that Senior Bowl week, I have 25 players already that I'm like excited about to look into that game. Like it is positions of need, seniors all over the place. It, it's just, that's going to be a really good game and just a good week because I love watching those practices. I know you've watched them in person, but like I've in the past watched them over the years. Hooey, man, it's just gonna. I'm excited to kick off this year. All right, we have about 10 minutes left, and I know we have some questions that we got from our diehards inside of our Discord, the CHO, like the, the diehard lounge uh, over there. So I know I don't think I have a preferred order. Do you? Are we just gonna throw them up and have some fun? Throw them up there, Lawrence. We'll see what ends up happening and what we can do here. But yeah, well, from our well, diehards, you know, our guy, the Duke, has thrown a couple that's right chats our way. So let's do these right. first. Uh, oh, sweet. We love the Duke. So and we love Super Chats. It's a win-win. I'll get these on the first. Great. All right, so this one comes from the Duke. Super Chat, what do you think the odds are that C.J. Stroud is staying in college because rumor has it that Ohio State may be offering him an impressive NIL package to return one more year? Does that drive up the value of the pick or no for the Bears? Two very great questions kind of jam-packed into this one amazing Super Chat by one of our favorite listeners here on the show on YouTube. Thank you, the Duke. Nick, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I saw that circulating just on Twitter. And, you know, someone mentioned in this chat. I'm glad we get to talk about it. But if C.J. Stroud returns to Ohio State, I think that works in favor of the Bears. Am I wrong there, Will? Because there's going to be one guy that everybody wants. And obviously, with the Bears holding the number one pick, they can say, who's going to offer me more for, for Bryce Young here? And that's, I think, the big thing here. So, if CJ Stroud and you know honestly too, if like the Bears were, you know, evaluate, Ryan Pulse said he had to be blown away by a right. quarterback to even consider him. If that takes away one, not to say like oh now the Bears definitely keep Justin Fields, but I think that does help the Bears in the long run because you have one, I think one guy that people are really wanting, Bryce Young. I don't know if Will Levis is going to be, you know, that ascending quarterback, but. I think this would be a good thing for the Bears and what they can potentially get in compensation if they trade down from number one. I will say that down here near Indianapolis, all the talk is Levis. Like a lot of the fans like him. I hear the name all the time. And to me, it is interesting. But like you, I would just use the model of supply and demand here, where if the supply goes down and the demand is going to stay about the same, then technically demand will go up, which would increase the value uh, of that first overall pick in terms of a trade. So I think, do I think he stays in college? I, I doubt it. I think he comes out this mm-hmm. year. He goes to the pros. But if he did end up going back and lower, you know, taking away from that QB class, I think it actually makes that Bears pick uh, a little bit more sought after just because those guys that are high on everyone's lists, there's not as many as there once was. Really good question. 
And then the other one, whatever happened to Sterling Weatherford? We heard all the Colts were angry to lose him because he had great traits. Why aren't we seeing him? And that's been my question. I have no idea why we haven't seen him. The Bears were just you know ranting and raving and applauding themselves for having the most snaps uh, of rookies in, for the year by like over a thousand snaps for this team. They're giving everybody experience besides Sterling Weatherford. And if you're wondering like who is Sterling, why are we talking about him? Based off of what I saw in the preseason and heard about and have written about, I mean, written and read about, he was kind of the Jack Sanborn of their preseason. Like, remember, Jack Sanborn was turning heads in training camp in preseason games, and then it took him a while to get out there in regular season action. And he kind of backed that up. Sterling Weatherford did the same thing for Indianapolis. He was their top guy. They're hoping to hide him on the practice squad. They got a little bit you know, too cocky in that regard. The Bears cleaned him off waivers. But he just kind of sat there and didn't do a lot other than some special teams play. And I was hoping to see more, too. But I don't know why he didn't play. I don't know if Nick have an answer. But apparently he didn't show enough. Or they're just really trying to hide him till next year. But I'm assuming, based off of everyone else getting experience, he just wasn't ready yet. Yeah, and he did have a concussion the same game that Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon had concussion. Mm-hmm. He got one there. And then there was another injury. or I think he had an illness, if I'm not mistaken. But so he did go through some things during the course of his um, rookie season here at the Bears. But yeah, I think that's, you know, he, he's under contract, right? So you definitely want to see what he's capable of. Like, you don't have any for sure penciled in starters at the linebacker position, as we kind of detailed earlier in the show. So 2023, you would hope, is an opportunity to see what a Sterling Weatherford can do and if he can impress his coaching staff with now being in year two with them. So that's hopefully what the the plan is for for a guy like that. But yeah, really good question because I thought at some point we'd see him get some defense snaps. He did get special teams, but you you do want to see what he's capable of doing at the linebacker position. If it would have played out where Sanborn got thrown into the mic and played exceptional, Weatherford had a chance at will because he's a little more athletic, a little quicker, former safety. And then you have two guys playing at a high level or playing really good that are undrafted free agents as rookies. Like that makes gives you so much flexibility and you can build this defense, but we don't have that answer. So you do have to go out there as of now and find that top starting will linebacker to kind of help this defense play at a higher level next season. All right. I think that does it for the supers unless there's another. Yeah, there we go. Yep. So time for the mailbag. Some, time to do some mailbag questions. So from uh, McBacon over in our diehard chat, <laughs> if the Colts were to be the bears trade partner, what do you think is a realistic expectation for a return? And they've been vocal that they will throw everything at the kitchen sink if needed. Yeah, move heaven and earth, I think, is what Chris Ballard said. Like, that that, that just (laughs) sticks out, right? Heaven and earth. Okay, so I was looking at, you know, trade packages. And shout out to Larry Mayer, who wrote about this in his chalk talk this week. But And this is not, like, exactly the same, but it's the most recent big trade in the top three that we can kind of look at. So the Dolphins traded down from number three to number 12 with the 49ers to go get Trey Lance. So Miami obviously got that 12th pick, but also received a 2022 first and a third round pick and a 2023 first. So yep. they had the first in 2021, 2022, and 2023. So if you're looking at the Bears with number one and it's the Colts would be number four, you're thinking you're getting that, you're getting the fourth pick. You're going to get a 2024 first. 
And it, only, it is only three spots as opposed to the, what, nine that the Dolphins went down to go right, trade. Right, so their pick will have more weight. Yes, yeah, so I don't – do you get a third first round? I don't know. I don't know. But well, you if they want to move heaven and earth. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what those Colts they, – they have been in quarterback hell with all the QBs that have played there since uh, Andrew Luck has, you know, been – you know, he retired, right? So I think he wants to get this right. So if it's three firsts, a couple of seconds, a third, like I can see that happening. When you say those kind of things, and I think Chris Ballard means it too. It's a big play on move heaven and earth. Like I think there is, um, you know, some weight to it. But yeah, it's kind of it's it's difficult to gauge exactly what the Bears would get in a, a trade back scenario. I honestly wouldn't even rule out a player. Maybe you go True. get Pittman. Maybe you make you, know, Ad, you make Adam happy and you go get Alec Pierce, someone that he really wanted the Bears to draft last year. Hey, bring him on over. You can do that. You can bring Buckner, like you mentioned. You can rip away Leonard. Crazy. I've spent a lot of money, but hey, you, maybe. I don't know. And then you saw Quentin Nelson, who had a down year, but bring him on. Bring him, one, over. bring him all over. But when it comes to realistic, <laughs> I think what you mentioned was about right, uh, but also if they're serious and also the Texans being in the, in the middle does help the bears mm -hmm. use that as leverage. I think you could also get a player in return too. And, you know, Flus reuniting with one of his, you know, guys on defense, not a bad thing uh, yep. as well. So I think that's a really good question. And as we go through the off season, maybe we'll get a better idea, but in the NFL things change and I feel like the prices always go up. You know, inflation, it also affects the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. From our good friend, Matt Gregory, in a potential Bears tradeback scenario, what do you think Ryan Poles will value most? 2023 picks, future picks of 2024 and beyond, or young, proven, and controllable players here in the NFL already? That's a really great question. Yeah, and Matt, I, I would think if you're you're Ryan Poles, this is maybe a cop-out answer, but you're considering all of that. And I think the big thing, too, with Ryan Poles, he wanted he said in his end of the year press conference that he wants to make moves that will be sustainable, that will last a long time. So you're not just throwing all this money into one person to get a, you know, an instant. Um, what's the right word? Instant like I don't even know the right word. It's like impact. Why couldn't yeah, just <laughs> instant impact. So I think when he's considering whatever moves he does make, trades, getting free agents, drafting players. Like, it's all going to be for the Bears to have this long-term success. He said he wants to stay at the top for as long as he can, right? So, again, cop-out answer. I think he's really looking to all three of those things and having an even weight to it. But for me, too, like, just to throw into what I think he should consider, you want to get also the best value. We thought we would – the plan was to get a better evaluation of Justin Fields in year two. Didn't really get that out of a passing game. But, God, you need to have that as a priority in year three. Absolutely needs to happen. So that would also be something on the bucket list to consider as you're weighing all your options here. Uh, for me, like you, like you, I think all three are in play and should have their own kind of weight. The one thing I like, though, about just even 2023 draft picks and future, if you're wanting higher rounds, is – I look at draft picks as extra capital. Like it's not always going to be a player, but it could be a, a a bargaining chip that you can use to either move up or down the draft board, maybe acquire other players 
that become available for a trade later in the offseason, early in a regular season, and it allows you to be more flexible to build your team moving forward and having you know, more than just your normal allotment of draft picks. And if you can just roll those over every single year and you know you're rolling into this draft with, you know, hey, I have two picks in the second every year almost, or, you know, like three years in a row, and you can just keep trading those down if a player's not there and you just keep stockpiling picks and then you can use them at your will. Like, that's what I would love to do. That's how I play my franchise mode. I know it's a video game, but like it it does mirror it in some degree. Uh, And I feel like I build a pretty damn good team with the draft picks and just being able to trade for players or not. And I know it's different, but I'm just saying like, that's in an ideal world, how I would do it. Have you won the Super Bowl yet? Will, or how far are you into like your franchise mode? To So what we did was simulated 10 years in the future and started from there, uh, which is really oh. cool. Yeah. So it's like a whole new NFL. You have to figure out who's actually good. And there weren't a lot of real players left. Justin was the best player, by the way, in the NFL after 10 years. I just want to throw it out there. He was playing for the chiefs <laughs> though. I have to throw oh. that out there. Oh, um, but no, I'm doing good. Uh, I've won one Super Bowl. My brother beat me in the other one. We do like he's in the uh, NFC. I'm in the AFC this year uh, for this franchise. But yeah, no, going good. Uh, but my team's stacked. And I have every year like four first round picks because I pretty much <laughs> forego like my first two years of draft picks and just kept trading down. And then from here on out, every year I roll in with five at least. Pick two, Will's at pick the top. three. Will's at the top. He's staying there as long as he can, just like Ryan Poles wants to do. There you go. And then I usually use two or three of those draft picks, pick the guys I want, trade the other ones for first rounders the next year and get some seconds back. Use those seconds to trade up into a first and then turn it. It's a cycle, Nick. It's a cycle. You got my brain spinning uh, in a good way already, but uh, this is, there we go. Super chat. Thanks Lawrence Uh, from Austin TW. What do we think about the Marvian, the Marvian overshone, a linebacker from Texas, uh, currently around three projection, a uh, good steady pre- presence for Texas, as he's mentioned. And he's someone that did transition from safety to linebacker. So, you know, he has the athletic profile in terms of speed and range. I, he's on my list uh, of guys that I'm looking more into. Uh, so I'm already intrigued by the fact that you brought him up to me is moving him higher up my list of players. I'm going to start digging into before we get to the combine. Love it. Yeah, I will. I will put him on my list now and, you know, see what he's capable of. And, you know, if you're a defensive player in this draft, you are eligible to be on the Chicago Bears. That's what they, because that's how much, uh, you know, help they need right now. <laughs> All right. Do we have any other from the, from the diehard chat? Discord? If... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. We got more to score. What player could be a surprise cut this offseason? Um, I don't think it's like even a surprise cut, but we mentioned like Cody Whitehair is mm-hmm. being a guy that, you know, potentially could could not be back. I know also in this discord, I, I think, you know, that Eddie Jackson was thrown in there like, no, 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 I think he'll be back. But I think, yeah, Cody Whitehair would be the big name, not really a surprise player that doesn't come back. But um, other than that, Will. Are there any big names that wouldn't be a surprise at this point? Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's, I don't think that, that's, that's the a thing. thing. Yeah, no, that's really the thing. And I've been coming through the contracts. The only one that I say could be a surprise, and I still say the likelihood of actually cutting them is marginal, maybe Justin Jones. Like, maybe if you just say screw it to the whole defensive line, because uh, you can only, I th- again, I forgot the exact number, but his dead cap wasn't nearly as much as I thought it would just based off how they structured that contract. But that's maybe the only surprise. But outside of that, like there isn't a starter that I would look at and say, yep, 
I think they could be mm-hmm. cut. Like, because why would you want to get rid of like, I mean, the only one I can think of would be a defense like Eddie Jackson, but like he was playing yeah. at all pro Eddie Jackson level again. Like, don't get rid of that. But I'm right there with you. That's a tough one. Yep, for sure. All right, let's see. Um, we have a question. Name one free agent offense demons you want the Bears to sign. Ooh, this Ooh. one can be interesting. I can uh, I can start off here, Will. Um, yes, please. So for for offense, just kind of looking at some of the guys and again positions of need. Would a Mike McGlinchey uh, from the San Francisco 49ers do anything for anybody? Um, just reading really quickly. You know, he didn't have he did not have a good 20 what was it 2020 season, but you know, for 27-year-old did not allow a sack in a 10-game span. Um I think it obviously would be an upgrade at right tackle, the Bears desperately need. So, I think if you're looking at position of need, maybe it can be a fit. I see Gary, it's like, "Nah, no, he's no good." But again, you're with the free agent market, it's like it's going to be position the need. It's going to be like, are they the best absolute player of their position? No, but is it better if you get a Mike? Are you McGlinchey, paying too he, much? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Eddie's probably Eddie's better at right tackle than you know what the Bears currently have. So that's a, that's an offensive player that I'll name. And then, will if you have an offensive, we can both go to defense afterwards. <sighs> Man, not someone that I'm like banging my hand on the table. For at this stage, but like, I do see a lot of bears fans. They always bring up like Saquon and I know you would pay a lot, but like, I feel like he could be one of those running backs. He's only what 26. He can be one of those running backs that you can pay for. And I still expect to have good production for a few years in the backfield of Saquon. And then also having Justin like that make like as a defense, that is very difficult to defend. So he's just someone that I see a lot that it's like not terrible. But I don't know. It's really <laughs> difficult. Maybe on defense, Clowney, if you're looking for a defensive end and you have some money to spend, you can go with, you know, Clowney's a free agent. The thing about having this conversation now and uh, that makes it difficult is that you just don't know who's going to resign yet. You just don't know who's actually going to be available. And you can look at all these names. And by the time we actually get to the new league year, like 40% are gone and they have to start over again. So it's difficult. But as of right now, I guess we can be, you know, dreamers in our own right. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Um, kind of going to defense and look, Deron Payne is on top of my list. We've said that multiple times here, but if you want to go someone that's not at that level, but still, uh, you know, can provide some pass rush. What about Yannick Ngakwe from the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah. Uh, someone that Iberflus. Oh no, no, no. This would be this past season. So he wouldn't have direct um, experience with him. But if you're looking in, they're still playing the same system though, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think someone in 15 games this past season, nine and a half sacks in 2021 when he, um, you know, he, what was he with the, was that the Raiders at the time Uh, recorded 23 quarterback hits, 10 sacks. So a guy that's been sneaky productive um, for, for both the teams he's played for. And now you, I mean, as a, the bears, you can't be picky. Like too, these this guy would be an upgrade to be completely honest. And if that's uh, if he comes at a nice price, yeah. And and look, Deron Payne, like that's that's my guy. That's if the Bears want to go upgrade three tech, they want to draft that uh, position right at the top. I like Deron Payne too. 
so many players who will be available. We don't even know uh, from Dark Onyx, even though there's a minimum amount of money that has to be spent in the offseason. Polls insist that the approach will be similar to last year. Is it fair to think that some of the money will be used to bring back people who aren't necessarily on the free market via trade uh, with a team who's in, in, quote, cap hell? Could this be the year that Justin Fields gets his Stefan Diggs? Good question. Yes. Yes, it is. I Again, I'll bring up DeAndre Hopkins again because I mm-hmm. think that is a team that it, one is already, you know, there's been reports saying that they're willing to trade him. But, and I mentioned this on Tuesday's show, when you go back to year three for a quarterback, for young quarterbacks, they've gotten number one wide receivers. Go back to Dak Prescott getting Amari Cooper. Go to Josh Allen getting Stephon Diggs. Go to Jalen Hurts getting A.J. Brown. And Tua Tungavailoa getting uh, Waddle. Like, or, or not Waddle, sorry. Tyree Kill would be the number one. But see, these quarterbacks going into year three, they got their guy. And you see the production that they've been able to put up. I'm not saying, and they've all went to the pro, or did Tua get voted to the Pro Bowl? I don't know, but I know he's been doing, <laughs> dealing with some injuries. But their level of play, especially from the passing perspective, has just launched. I want to see that for Justin Fields. And DeAndre Hopkins, even though he's 31, he's not he's older, a lot older than all those guys when those teams and those quarterbacks acquired their number one wide receivers. But I'm all down for it. I, I personally, in terms of like the first part of that question, I agree that polls is not. I don't think he's going to spend like every dollar uh, that the Bears have uh, and put himself in like a bad cap situation moving forward. I think it's a stepping stone year to build on the foundation, but it's not a year where you go and break the bank and you go all in. I think it's a stepping forward year and not a let's spend every dollar and bring in every top free agent. I think you'll still be deliberate, maybe a little bit more passive than fans are going to like. Uh, But if he still makes a big move here and there and gets those names, then will be all right but i'd still expect him to be very deliberate uh, with these free agents yeah well real quickly with william kane hopkins not coming to chicago he's going to a contender i know he also mentioned the no trade clause money talks man like it doesn't matter like if it's a contender or not if ryan poles is throwing out money and hopkins saying all right sure i like what you guys are doing here with justin fields i know i still have time to play why not and i know t higgins is still on his rookie contract i know that was a name that a lot of bears fans were excited about so the Bengals could still see what he can do and then you can offer him a contract it, it does get a little little tricky there but just because he has that no trade clause he he can determine where he wants to go but if ryan pole says hey i want to get justin fields one of those guys and he's like i still have a couple years left why not yeah good point all right next mailbag question comes from mr d bakes oh, uh, if you have to pick one favorite bears game of the Tressman era i, I really regretted this question uh, to be most honest, Nick, it was one that I was like, do we really, really have to do this? Uh, but I'm going to, and I know a lot of people in the chat are saying like the best one is like his last one. <laughs> and, and I understand that too. I'm trying to like recall the one though, that I had in my head. I just want to make sure this correlates a hundred percent, but I believe, yes, I am going to say my favorite game of the Tressman era. If I actually have to choose a game, I was like, Oh, this was awesome. Week two of 2014, Monday night football, Bears in San Francisco. It's the Brandon Marshall game where I think he had, was it, three touchdowns? I'm going to pull up that box score. Brandon Marshall in that game caught three touchdowns. Yes, memory served me correctly, uh, but winning that game, uh, I remember the one that he had to go up for. It may have even been the game winner. One-handed, jumped up, just plucked it, corralled it, fell back. 
It was beautiful. And I was only week two, so I had plenty of time for my heart to be broken for the remainder of that season. Boom. Okay. Thank you, Gary. I was looking like the the Dallas game, right? Monday night, it was the 45-28. That was Josh McCown. McCown. Yes, yeah, it was. It was Josh McCown. So they, they absolutely destroyed the Dallas Cowboys. And I was like, I'm looking at, I have the 2013 schedule here, which would be the, Mark Trestman's first year at the Chicago Bears. Um, where, oh yeah, what a year is right. But Dallas Cowboys 45, 28 would be, I guess my favorite one. And also the last one. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. There's not a lot on that list of like really good ones, uh, unfortunately for the bears, but man, that year though, I'll say it yet again, bears were second in the NFL and points scored 2013 only behind Manny's Broncos only behind that team, but that defense man couldn't stop anything yeah which we, Gary, we, unfortunately right we're used to it we saw it again this year yeah back-to-back games where he gave up 50 that was Ouch. green bay and new england yeah that, that one hurt thanks gary <laughs> appreciate it buddy <laughs> all right uh next mailbag question we got is from we're all done with our mailbag no, oh sweet yeah, i read that so we what about the, that extra super? Or extra oh yeah, chat well there's a, there's a good chat here. That's that's the one thing I was going to bring up here is uh, from sophisticated thoughts. Ooh, dot dot dot. Mm. Uh, I'll get out of here. Sounds good. So from sophisticated thoughts. Dot 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 comes. What do you guys think of Ryan Pole swinging for the fences and going for Chase Young, Washington Commanders, and their 16 overall pick and a second and a fourth this year? Now obviously Chase Young would be huge. A huge get. I don't know if I drop all the way down to 16, though, Nick. I think that's the one thing that hurts. It definitely does. And I guess what are the Bears going to try to target there? Or are you trying to trade that back as well? Yeah, then it gets really interesting. Obviously, you get your edge rusher. Mm -hmm. You still need your three-tech. You still need a wide receiver. You still need tackles. You still So it it does that. Sophisticated thoughts. I like it's outside the box, too. I hadn't Mm -hmm. even thought about any of that. But realistically if you're training down man I, for the bears you want to stay in the top five you really do. yep i feel like if you go out of the top 15 you want to get at least another first year after i know you got chase young coming our way mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of like draft capital you're giving up like i feel like you would want to give get more in terms of draft capital back on top of just the one player although it's a hell of a player that fills a huge need so I, I, like you said, out of the box, love the thought, uh, but it doesn't sell me right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it there. I think we did it, Nick. I think that's a show. Yeah. Um, you know, on this Friday show, we, we went over, you know, went over the hour that we usually do as we've been doing this very long. Hey man, not a problem. I just wanted to, Nick, you, you said you thought you knew where the uh, poll question was going to go. My uh, Friday, the 13th poll question. What was your yes. guess? Um, what did I? It was. Was it? Dr- what scares you I, the most? NFL draft, free agency, or future stadium plans? I put draft. That's, that's put what draft. you thought was definitely yeah, going to be yeah. the 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 most scary part of the off season. Uh, Will, what do you think? I th- I think why how, how you're bringing it up makes me think like stadium for some reasons higher than it should be. And it, where are you it is not. No. Oh thank uh, God. <laughs> at this point, uh, free agency. Fifty-two oh. percent of the vote right now. NFL okay. draft, 32, and then stadium plans at 16%. Well, good. I'm glad, though, it wasn't like everyone's focusing on the stadium right now because Correct. there are bigger things and more immediate things that we can you know, discuss and look at. But you had me worried. I'm not going to lie. No, it's all good. And uh, as Bull E. Bear says, 
hit the like button before you leave us. Thank you all yes, for please. watching on this Friday. We love it. Just just do what Justin does. Just look at that. He's right. Yeah, he's right there. Right in your mouth. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! His right, his right arm. Give there goes his. Thumbs. There goes his thumb. It's Jay all over again. All right. No, no. I think that was like the nicest I've ever heard Lawrence ask for likes, though. You know, I do like to yell sometimes, but it's Friday, so it is Friday. You're right. Go. And then we got one more super chat that just came in from the Duke. Uh, free agency. Don't overpay the wrong guy. Yep. Overpay the right guy. And then another yes. right guy. Yep. But either way, you're overpaying. That's just the market that is free agency. But uh, like Lawrence kindly asked, if you can, please give the video a thumbs up before you leave. I know all of us here at Seed Show would appreciate watching that number rise throughout, you know, after the show and throughout the next coming days before we get to our next show on Monday. Which, Nick, what are you going to do with the Sunday? By the way, like, what are you going to do? I know there's playoff football, but I'm sure that's going to dominate it. But I think it, I'm feeling good about like, you know, not having to like, you know, work per se on a on a Sunday here. Yeah, I think uh, my girlfriend and I are finally going to take down the Christmas tree uh, that nice. needs to be taken down. It's uh, you know January 13th here, so we'll do that. I'll have some football in the background, but yeah, it will be nice that that. We get a day back. We get a day yep. back to ourselves. So, yeah, just relax and, you know, much needed after a long season covering, you know, this 3-14 and 14 Bears team. Absolutely. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. I'm going to, again, football will be on the TV. Other than that, though, got to find something to do with the fam. Definitely got to find something mm-hmm. to do with the fam on those days off. But thanks again for everyone who joined us. Uh, and, of course, we'll keep doing more off-season focus building black stuff maybe nick will buy some legos for our friday shows and we will figure out how all the pieces will fit he's scouring for legos uh, i don't think you're gonna I'm scouring for the up. one you you got me where did i put it i still gotta yeah. build that the gauntlet good luck <laughs> sunday there you go there's your plans for sunday you're not gonna open the box it's okay all right i'm gonna end <laughs> this episode here though thanks again for everybody uh one last call for a thumbs up we'll talk to you all soon until then have a great playoff weekend I promise the Bears will be there one day again, hopefully sooner than later. But of course, until next time, bear down Chicago.